I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to rhyme. I'm letting go lonely, letting go of strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful life. The Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us. The Enneagram helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I am a philosopher, pastor, and writer in Greeley, Colorado. And with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. We're talking about health again today. Health. One of the things we say each week is that the Enneagram is a tool. Mm -hmm. Perhaps it's a tool for getting healthy. Sure. Uh, but you and I, we're both tool guys. Yeah. Uh, we create things. We we invest quite a bit in yeah. tools. Yep. Because um, if you have good tools, you can create some good stuff. And good tools really make all of the difference in the work that you're doing. True. If you have bad tools, it makes it way harder you're definitely gonna cut your hand open with that yeah yeah so with this in mind what's your favorite tool so i actually have um i'm grabbing it because he I brought, brought it. it down <laughs> uh, i have this one particular screwdriver that's made by allway that uh -huh. is it's one of my favorite things in the whole world and every time I see them for sale at stores, I usually buy two or three of them because I know I'm going to give them away and I want to have them in case the one that I have breaks. It's a wedding gift. Lost. Seriously, this is an incredible screwdriver. It's made of fiberglass, so it's uh, safe to use on electrical equipment up to 2,000 volts. Uh? This particular one, I actually almost electrocuted myself <laughs> on my espresso machine. <laughs> It's a good left screwdriver. But thank the Lord, it's safe to use on electrical equipment because I had forgotten to turn it off and I almost shot 240 volts through my hand. <laughs> my uh, wife bought me the dumbest tool ever 20 some odd years ago. Sure. It is a Swiss army knife, uh -huh. but it's in the shape of a credit card. Oh, and yeah. You put it in your wallet. Mm -hmm. it's a, yep. And... I was like, this is just so dumb. But I put it in my wallet, and then all of a sudden, I'm using that silly thing yep. all the time. It's yep. the pen that's yeah. in there. Yeah. I never have a pen, and then I'm like, wait a second, where's wait, my wallet? I do have a pen. <laughs> yes. I have gotten so many uh, splinters out with the tweezers and, yeah. the, and the needle. Mm -hmm. and yeah. So uh, I'm carrying that around. For 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 like ten years, mm -hmm. and then nine eleven happens, and then they took my credit card at at the airport. At the airport, uh, worse. It was so quality the one she got me, and I keep buying the cheap versions for mm -hmm. some reason. They always fall apart on me, but that yep. that original tools, man, that original was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite tool, there is a saying, is the one that gets the job done. Uh, tools are means. To some end. You got some end. Uh, we talked about this last time, that hammers are not good for picking your nose. That's true. Uh, they, they Hammers aren't good for repairing relationships. Hammers aren't good for 
putting your computer back together, but they are good for some things. So the question really when you talk about tools is uh, what are you building? Yeah. And so every time you will know this, that we start our podcast, I start with the Enneagram's a tool. So the question might be, what are you building? And of course, the obvious answer is you are building you. Yeah. And that's what the Enneagram's about. Right. It's a tool for building you. And so that's where we're going uh, today in some fantastic ways. We did the study, both TJ and I came together, talked about it, and we're like, this could probably fill six episodes. Yeah, we could do a, we could There's, we could do an individual episode on each type. You live fill like an hour and a half. You'll have seen the title being something like Holy Ideas, but this is one of the big points. Mm-hmm. This is a tent pole that holds up a whole lot of weight. Yeah. And uh, so I'm excited about this one. Um, there is something about the Enneagram where we say this, the Enneagram is a mirror. Mm-hmm. Mirrors are tools. They're tools for doing something. You can see yourself. Enneagram ends up being a mirror for your inner life. Uh, we say that the Enneagram is a map. That is, maps are tools. They locate you and help you to get from here to there. The question for mirrors And the question for maps is perhaps how should I look? Mm. You know, should my jacket be wrinkly? Should do I need to adjust my hair? Mm -hmm. Maps, where should I be? Mm -hmm. And those are prescriptive sorts of questions. Like they are the should sort of questions. Uh, Where should I be headed? What should my inner life look like? And that's where we're going. So we're not going to mess around today. We're going to hit some big ideas. So to set this in motion. It seems to me when talking about the Enneagram and what you should become, as I read books, listen to podcasts, there's two big answers to this sort of question. One is going to be, we are made to return to some ideal state. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some forms of the Buddhist tradition that it's like, we need to get rid of our ego so that we can return to our understanding that we are one with all things. Mm -hmm. Or that's a big part of the Jewish tradition is the the idea of return. Nearly every big story in the Jewish scriptures is about returning. Adam and Eve get kicked out of the garden. How are they going to return? Jacob needs to return to his family. The Israelites need to return to the promised land. The exiles need to return to Jerusalem. It's all about return. Um, the the idea of when when you hear that can you think of any enneagram uh teachers or teachings that are kind of in that vein of you need to get back to somewhere Mm -hmm. well the uh the soul child theory is one of the big ones there um this is the idea that uh you came into the world uh with a particular type of soul and then circumstances in your life thrust you into the position that you are now, into your ego type is how they would say it. And this is, so looking whatever type you are now, looking up the arrow, against the arrow uh, in the symbol towards the number that you go to in integration, or we say uh, uh, security as well. This is the type that that you came into the world as. So I am, I identify as type nine and uh, my soul child would be type three. And uh, 
the idea is that I came into the world this way uh, with uh, as a healthy type three, as as someone who was comfortable with myself and the achievements and and doing things in the world and having other people notice me, and then circumstances in my life happened which pushed me into nineness. And this is the ego that I live out of. So the Enneagram in that theory would be something like, here are the nine ways that we lose our connection mm-hmm. from what we're supposed to be. Or disintegrate. Yeah. yeah. And and you follow the spiral and you move around the circle in that way to, to further lose yourself. Another way of... Uh, seeing the Enneagram. So there's the, I need to get back to somewhere mm-hmm. that I originally was, some state. Uh, a second way of thinking about the Enneagram is I'm actually going someplace. Um, the Enneagram is about what does it look like for someone wired like I am that has the DNA, just the raw material uh, like I do to mature and become all that they're made to be. Mm-hmm. And that ends up being much more about targets that, you know, the, the idea here is that your, your soul is made for something extraordinary and the Enneagram is going to show you what the target looks like. What are you, what are you made for? What is, what is someone with your particular wiring motivations, DNA makeup? What do you look like at your best? And so there's much more of a goal focused orientation here. Um, the Christian tradition of all things goes both ways. There is a lot of returning, repenting, like go back to that original state kind of stuff. But there's also a lot of goal-oriented, this is where things are headed in the future. Um, the big goal-oriented um, thinker of ancient culture is Aristotle. Aristotle, when, when, in, when talking about reality, says... Uh, anytime you come across something and you want to understand it, you need to ask four questions about it. And the last of the questions is, what is its target? What is it aiming at? What is its telos is the word in, in Greek? What is, uh, what's the finish line? And so if you know what you are made to look like at the end, if you know what the target is, then you know something about yourself. Specifically in this illustration, if you understand what the goal of the human life is, then you can say this is a good person because their trajectory, their movement is moving forward towards the goal or they're a bad person, their trajectory movement is going away from the goal. And it seems to me that that's how the Enneagram is used in mm-hmm. those two ways. Mm-hmm. And the, those may be, that might be an either or. Or those might be a both and, mm-hmm. like they both they might both be helpful, or they might uh, it might be the case you gravitate towards one or the other. Mm-hmm. As we talk through holy ideas, it seems to me that this is going to come out in all of the types. Yeah, it's either a return or it's a target. Mm-hmm. It's we're we're going back to where we came from, or we're going to this. Um, the, the big thing that we are, we've always been made for. And that comes out in our types. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts there? Uh, I am, I personally am going to lean more towards the both and in a lot of this. Uh, so you'll hear that come out in a lot of the way that I talk about this. Um, and, and I think there's, there's good and, and bad about the, a lot of these different facets of, of how to look at these, these concepts, but, um, 
I think you'll clearly hear the both and coming out in a lot of the way that we talk about this. So. I'm also trying to get there. <laughs> I am much more inclined to be a target-oriented person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's nothing in my type that would... Uh, <laughs> yeah, be what a surprise. Toward the that one <laughs> is inclined towards doing things the right way. And Making the nine is saying, no, it's, it's, everything's acceptable. We just <laughs> need to understand it more. No bad answers here. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, let's get this rolling then. You'll know this. The Enneagram is often symbolized by nine numbers in a circle. And here we pick a topic and we go around the circle. And today we are continuing our discussion of health. And we are talking about the targets and the, what would you call that? The returning target, the, the inception point, the um, original beatific nursery. <laughs> that we came from. I have nothing to contribute to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's your essence. It's your yeah, targets essence. and your there essence is probably the language that would be used. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about targets and essence of human life and how I get there. And for the sake of our conversation, we are going to call these the holy ideas. Um, so to start out with holy ideas, uh, you got a definition for holy ideas? Um, well, so holy ideas comes from... Um, Oscar Ichazo. Uh, so he was, uh, he's one of the fathers of the modern Enneagram. He talked about the um, virtues, holy ideas, passions, and fixations. This was his big focus. Uh, passions and fixations we've talked about in the past, those sins and fixations. It's what happens in your heart. When, and when that sin goes to your head, it's the fixation. Um, and then there's virtue and a holy idea, which is sort of the answer to the sin or the fixation. So each type has a holy idea that represents sort of the best part of them, the thing that they give to the world that is unique to each type. And it is a response and a, and a cure for their fixations. You will know this. Um, I've been working on a book project for two years that I was calling Image, uh, The Face of God in the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's what I was trying to express. Yeah. It's like, here's how the face of God refracts from, uh, upon each person who's alive right. in these beautiful and wonderful ways. And if you can name that, you can see your best self. And that's, that's, that's uh, inherently valuable. Right. This is how the living God is refracted in me. Um, that's where my mind goes. There ends up, of course, being the the Buddhist take on um, the Enneagram or the atheistic take on the Enneagram. And, you know, the um, what other takes might there be? Um, <laughs> Mainly psychological. Yeah. yeah. And so how the holy ideas come into your system actually is going to have a lot to do with what is often called your metaphysic. Mm-hmm. Like how you see reality will influence what these ideas are. What's real interesting about the work done in the last century ends up being that they have been adopted by all these different traditions, standpoints, mm-hmm. in a very in a very fluid kind of way, and they still have a lot of power. Right. So um, when I look this up, it will not surprise you. Uh, the two the first two books I looked up, 
the the holy ideas in. One had them as the end, as the target, and the other one had them as the um, the essence, um, the mean. And so I was going to kick out uh, Hiritz's, uh definition and Riso and Hudson's definition, but sure. Hiritz saw the holy ideas as fruit. And I found this interesting. He says, the unique state of mind, this is what the, the holy ideas are. He says, the unique state of mental well-being specific to each of the types in which the mind is centered and connected with the true self. And then he says, the holy ideas are the fruit of each type when the mind is at peace and stands in direct contrast to the Enneagram's fixations. When your life is in order, when you get yourself in the right spot, this, these holy ideas, this is what emerges. Mm. This is the virtue, and you'll see this language a lot. This is the virtue that emerges um, from the healthy life of each of the types. Right. Riso and Hudson speak of the holy ideas as a means. They say, they speak of them as uh, the natural expressions of the awakened heart. They say, we do not try to force ourselves to become more virtuous, rather as we relax and become more present and awake, seeing through the fear and desire of our ego. These qualities naturally manifest themselves in the human soul. And so these holy ideas actually have power um, to get us from here to there. And what's interesting is in the literature of virtue, virtue is both a means and an end. Um, Aristotle thinks that the virtuous life is the good life, that when one is virtuous, that is the well-ordered life. The, your, your insides will be in the correct patterns, shape. He calls it eudaimonia, which means the good insides or the good spirit. Um, it's what we might just call joy. Your life is ordered well, and you experience um, the goodness of having your inner life put together. But it's also the case you need some some tools to get you there. Right. And those tools we might likewise call virtues. Right. We need some help getting there. So this is my take on the holy ideas. It's both the target and the and the tools. At the same time, mm-hmm. you need the tools and they end up being in large measure the target. And I think you'll see this. We end, I ended up seeing this kind of all over the place. Um, it is both the thing I'm aiming at, but it's also the thing that I'm um, utilizing to put together my insides. Um, so that's what I got. <laughs> well, in, the, um, in that sort of both and category, um, Father Richard Rohr, uh, in his book with Andreas Ebert, they, they call these invitations. Go there. Uh, so for them, it's it it sort of reframing that language really seems like they're they're embracing that that thing that is both the tool and the goal. Is that that each of these uh, these the, what we call holy ideas is is an invitation into a new place, into into a space of growth, into um, to to pull us forward. So it's, it's both yeah. the, the means to get there and the end. Bang. Well, I want to start with um, some eights. I want to start with some body triad. Agree. Body triad ends up, all the triads, I think, actually encounter the, uh, the holy ideas in very unique ways as well. I think you're going to see a lot of commonalities over the intelligence centers here. So um, starting with eights, what's the holy idea for eights? Uh, it is commonly truth 
truth or holy truth? Truth, do, holy truth. Do you yeah. like the holy truth or do you just like? Well, uh, so this is part of the the both and. Uh, so like like truth means something, but but to elevate it to a particular level, like this is this is the highest attainable. Like this is the goal that we're aiming at. Putting that word holy before it, like you'll find that with all of these holy ideas, is to specifically say holy truth elevates us to elevates this to a, a place that makes it more than just the common thing yeah yeah that was my take on on holy truth what do you think what is the truth uh that like why how, how would this work because it, it's such a strange play i need to start here because it colors everything else that we're gonna say yeah great but so how does the the holy idea for the eight is truth what does that mean? So, like, like thinking about um, what we know about eights and and the types of things that they're motivated by. Like eights, eights have no tolerance for liars. Eights are very concerned about um, what is true and authenticity and and pushing against those sort of the spaces where things are not exactly as as things are represented in ways that aren't aren't accurate. Um, that is that is something that eights push for, and that includes when getting into issues of justice and and uh, efficiency. Like these these are like there is truth about how things are supposed to work, and if we operate outside of that truth, then we are being unjust. We are being inefficient, and so. This is part of the the thing about eights in general. Now, elevating that to this level of holy truth starts to remove the eights requirement of their involvement. It starts to free them from being the one that enacts or enforces truth and helps them move away from spaces where they are the arbiters of that truth why would, why would it remove them from that role because recognizing holy truth means that it might be outside of my truth so they start to see something bigger about the world around them the way the universe works in the christian tradition god's truth is the truth my perspective on that truth might be close, might be important, but it's not necessarily the full picture. So I like where you're going here because you're you're pairing it with the fixation, which is which has been real common in this tradition for the mm -hmm. last hundred years, is that the holy idea and the fixation go together. Now the right. fixation for for eights is is uh, vengeance, mm -hmm. that their mind gets wrapped around that, and they need something to save them from their their want of revenge. Mm -hmm. And this is the antidote, right? And so there it is. It's it's not my truth. It's the truth, and so I don't have to. I don't have to fight anybody about this. Right. This is just how this works. Right. The thing that was hitting me with the the holy ideas ends up being that the fears that we talked about in uh I think I believe it was actually our first podcast end up coming into play here as well. Mm -hmm. The the eight is going to fear being controlled. Mm -hmm. Um if 
my mind attaches to the holy idea of holy truth. Whatever I'm going to put in that spot is going to be the thing that rescues me from my fear of being controlled. It's going to be the thing that actually has power, Mm -hmm. that has sovereignty. In fact, with eights, nines, and ones, I I think this idea of power and sovereignty is going to be all over their their holy ideas. So for the Buddhists, it's all is one. So you don't have to be in control. You are united with everything. So you can't control anything because you are part of the one thing that exists right for the christian god looks like jesus ends up being primary and because all authority in heaven and earth have been given to christ you can rest in that you don't need to fear being controlled because all control has been given to christ Mm -hmm. that holy truth at that point you know the the heart's message comes in for the eight vengeance just doesn't need to be something you commit your mind to that allows for the eight to enter the space of innocence, Mm -hmm. which is going to be their virtue. Mm -hmm. The, 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 I've moved away from this, this, you know, this vengeful posture, the truth, this idea has saved me. I commit myself to this holy truth and then a virtue emerges mm-hmm. and the, the virtue commonly associated with eights is innocence. Anyway, that, that seemed to me to be how it worked in my mind. Right. You go from here to here to here. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the, the, the course that Ichazo mapped out in those initial writings. Yeah. Yeah. Is that there's a flow to these. There's yeah. boom. That's it. It's that the, and that's the, that's the map. Mm-hmm. That's the Enneagram as a map is here. It's like, so, and it starts with the idea, right? Once you get this idea, it's the means, it's the, it's the nugget. It's just going to like, just open the door for you to move from here to there. It seems to me that alongside with the eights, then embracing this, once you come into that space of innocence, well, then all the things that we talked about last time end up being the characteristic that begins to overflow out of a healthy eight, the self-surrender, the magnanimity, um, the heroic side of eights mm-hmm. just overflows and it starts. This would be the big idea. It starts with embracing that holy truth yeah. and allowing that to do its work in you. Right. Um, and the, the, specifically the truth that is bigger than your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for the eights. Right. Because it's my way. Yep. For the eights often. Yep. And you guys surrender that. Yep. Boom. I think that it's gonna be that that idea is gonna be much more easy to see in the other types. Because mm-hmm. holy truth is kind of ethereal. Yep. Um, but notice how this works in nines. Oh, what's the what's the holy idea for nines? Holy idea for nines is holy love. So I got take on this. Yeah. You got a take on this? I've got yes. Of course <laughs> I do. Yeah. What's your take on this? This is another one of those concepts that I it took me a long time to sort of wrap my head around because I'm holy love. What, what does that even mean? But, but one of the things that nine struggle with is, um, our own personal involvement in the world and, and our engagement and seeing, uh, seeing ourselves as important. And so the idea of holy love starts with ourselves. Mm-hmm. It starts from recognizing that we have value, that we, 
that I, TJ Wilson, have value and importance in the world and am worthy of love. And that's where it starts. And from there, it spreads out to everyone around us. I ended up reading one Buddhist take was something to the extent of all is one and that oneness is benevolent and supportive. And that's the idea of the holy love. Mm -hmm. With both holy truth and moving here to holy love and then on, on the Christian take, which I want to pitch if you insert God's truth or God's love or God's order or God's, you know, et cetera, it ends up having a different kind of face for me. And yeah. so this was my, this was helpful for me. I'd love your thoughts on this in terms of nines, but it's because God looks like Jesus, God's primary face is inclusive towards mm-hmm. us. Yeah. John says that God is love. The, the best unveiling of what God actually looks like is the crucified Jesus. And so again, the fear for a nine which is losing connection, right? Mm-hmm. Is actually assaulted by the idea. Right. Your fear, your deepest fear is actually um, spoken over by God's love in this way. And so the 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 idea, the holy idea, um, end up again targeting the heart's message that a nine needs to hear, which mm-hmm. is your presence matters mm-hmm. and they again it's moving down that path right. of notice how the dominoes begin to fall once you once a nine understands here's the big idea god is love embrace that and notice how this is going to start to do work on all the places that you're doing life right now it was my take what do you think about that well, there's um part of the the christian teachings is is Jesus is asked what the greatest commandment is. So there's some 600 something yep. different commandments in in the Bible about like this is how God telling humanity this is how you're supposed to behave. And then Jesus comes along and someone says, "Hey, what's the most important one?" And Jesus says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength." And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. G- it's a great word that says a lot, and there's a lot to be said about it. The th- one of the th- messages that we keep hearing over and over again lately is people pointing out that in order to love your neighbors yourself, you have to love yourself first. And this is something that, that is a message that I know that I need to hear over and over and over again, is that, that in order to care about other people truly, the way that I really care about myself, I have to actually care about myself first. And if I don't matter, it's harder for me to see that other people matter. So. The the holy ideas are an engine. Mm-hmm. They are, the holy ideas are the starting point for that. Mm-hmm. How are you going to love yourself? Right. Why does your presence matter? Right. G- give me a reason. You got to presuppose values need to come from someplace. You have to have some foundation from which the values come forth. Mm-hmm. And if you're a nine, you're hanging out by yourself, and you're like, why do I matter? The Christian answer, at least on this front, is you matter because God created this world, and God created this world with you in it. Right. And not only created this world with you in it, but sought to uh, showcase God's love to you in profound uh, self-sacrificial images that would resonate with your hearts and remind you your presence matters. Mm -hmm. You're not going to lose connection because look at how, uh, look at what the cross is. Um, If 
God has gone that far for your sake, then clearly connection's not going to be lost because this is an enormous picture of decisive grace on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me from that point, then you can talk about your fixation again, that the the holy idea of right, God's absolutely. love now confronts lethargy, mm-hmm. which might not be all that intuitive, but I bet it is for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So because what, lethargy is just this side of nihilism. Uh-huh. Ooh, <laughs> I had not thought about that. Go, yeah. yeah, do it. Yeah, because like it's it's um, if I matter, mm-hmm. then I have work to do. <laughs> like it's this is a reality. Like if I, I matter, then I have things that need to get done, and I'm the only one that can do them. My take was your life matters, and therefore you're invited into something grand. Yeah. So it's time to get up. That's hilarious. Yeah. I love that. that is, okay, so nihilism is not an option. <laughs> Which is not. Um, but that, and that moves towards the virtue for nines. And, right. and the traditional lists of virtues for nines is? Right action. Yep. So yeah. you're, it's going to push you into places of getting your body involved with yep. the thing. Yep. God's love so. And doing the things that matter. Now you're going forth. Yep. Um, again, that ends up being pushing into what we talked about last week, where there is a self-remembering there and there is engagement. Mm-hmm. And so again, the, the, the idea, the holy idea itself is the engine that gets all the things propelled such that each of the types become their best self. Right. Bang. Yeah. Works. <laughs> Dominoes, my friend brings you to ones. Uh, what is the holy idea for the ones? The holy idea for ones is perfection or order. I much prefer order. As a philosopher, okay, so we haven't talked about this. I hate the word perfection. Yeah. I think it's meaningless. Yeah. I don't think it has, it It generally is always used in poor ways mm-hmm. <laughs> in, my, in my mind and heart. It, in, my perfection in our about current the word perfection. society, it's, it's become a weapon more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is something in in my mind that perfection isn't a worthy target. Goodness is a worthy target. So I was actually listening to a podcast uh, about ones mm-hmm. the other day, and the person brought up um, something Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, which is, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Mm-hmm. And they were saying this in terms of, well, of course, that's the, that's the goal. And I was yeah, like, course, oh, crap, right. Jesus is using this word that I hate. So I mm-hmm. looked it up, and the word is telos, and telos is the word that Aristotle used. Mm-hmm. And it, again, is about targets, and it's about hitting goals. Yeah. And it's about doing it in a systemic, dare we say, orderly way. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to, and the thing that Jesus references is something like God sends God's reign on both wicked people and good people. And there's like an order, there's a goodness to the way that God performs things. And so therefore you should seek to hit the same kinds of targets that God does. Yeah, Perfection isn't necessarily the idea here. The idea here is grace in a in, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you're smiling. What are you, what are you thinking? Oh, I'm thinking lots of things. Okay, like we'll the, do it. <laughs> the way that the one has approached this subject is very entertaining. Uh, it's <laughs> so in uh, in in Father Roar's work on this, uh, he has a couple of different. Um, there's a couple of things that he takes a little differently than than the. Uh, 
traditionalists about the holy ideas and and like i said before he calls them invitations Mm -hmm. and the one that the word that he uses for once is growth so i saw this i didn't tell me about this because i saw it and then i didn't do the further study so what what i see have seen when i i really delved into this idea of growth perfection order um as the in that both and sort of place, this being the target and the means to get to the target, recognizing that you are not the person that has to put everything in order, this is this is what this is about. Yeah. That's why that's why I think also. And so so for growth, you might also substitute the word evolution or um movement uh but yeah but in in a in a positive sense so so there's a there's a saying that that the arc of the universe bends towards justice yeah and it, it's this idea that that things are moving in a direction on purpose things are getting better yeah but it's not the one's job to make them better correct it is god's job to make them better right and when you rest in that that's where you find the engine. Yep. Um, I like the idea of soul making. That's a, a phrase from a philosopher where I'm talking about what God is doing with the world and evil, mm. but the ordering by God. So again, it would be, it's holy order, but it'd be God's order. Right. God is the one that's ordering things. Right. You get to sit in that and realize it's not mine to fix everything. Right. This is going to be real similar to what we're going to talk about with twos. Mm-hmm. But it's not my job to fix everything. It's my job to, in the language of Paul, you know, all things are working together for the good of those who love the Lord and have been called according to his purposes. Mm-hmm. There ends up being, like, you got you to internalize re- that, rest in that, embrace that, allow that to color all the things. Yes, even the horrible things that we see in the world. Right. And allow it to inform your perspective. What becomes interesting on this front is how that confronts your fears. Because the fear for one is of being corrupted. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. Well, if if you accept that something else is in charge and moving things towards being better, then you don't have as much control as you think you do over even yourself. Ah! And if you are just trying to do the right thing and moving, allowing the universe to do the thing that it's doing, then you just, you don't have to worry about being corrupt, man. A, a primary for eights, nines, and ones is anger. Uh-huh. And we've talked about this in the past. The direction of the one's anger is toward themselves. Right. And if the living God is telling you, hey, hey, I got that taken care of. Yep. I am the one who is transforming your insides. Mm-hmm. That's not your job right. in total. Right. You get to be obedient. You get to do the thing that I'm telling you to do today. Mm-hmm. And once that's done, man, of course you're not going to be transformed instantaneously into your own your robust everlasting self. Right. That's going to take some time. Right. We're going we're you're going to learn some hard lessons 30 years from now mm-hmm. that you just aren't prepared for right now. Yep. 
and that's something I'm going to work on. Yep. This right is this is why Roar calls it growth. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So, um, from that place, Hart's message for the one is you are good. And it's just this reminder in all of this. Yes, of course, you have the need to grow. You're good where you're at. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which no one ever wants to hear. Right. Right? Right here where you're at? Right. You're, you're fine. Right. No, no, no. I got to do the next thing. I got to nope. do 20 more push-ups. Nope, I got to I got to train for that next marathon. Nope. I got to work another 10 hours a week because I got to get the 401k up to such and such amount. Nope. Calm down. <sighs> well, and the like if if you are able <laughs> if you're able to accept that there is a force in this universe that is actively moving all of reality towards something better, then you you and all of the things around you and like everything is where it's supposed to be right now mm -hmm. and your actions are not going to move everything better. Yeah, and that includes all the things going on with your soul. Right. Wait, what could you, like, you can get in touch with your soul, but doing soul work, man, that's, you're going to need some, you're going to need the Holy Spirit in your life doing, doing all that. So right. I have a theory about a modern Christianity, which has been so influenced by ones, because Paul's a one, Calvin's a one, and Luther's a one, mm -hmm. and all these ones are coming in and defining a lot of what we see as Christian theology. Um, and it's all, I'm not good enough, but Jesus died for me and therefore I'm okay. Right. And that about, that, that's about, that about sums it up. So, just sit there, <laughs> man. Just like, that's, that's it. What I have found most extraordinary is recently, most of the folks who are theologians in my tradition, or who at least I'm most influenced by are sevens and they are elevating very different pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jesus is a seven. We've talked about this, right. and TJ's wrong, so don't listen to him. And the, <laughs> uh, there's a handful of folks that I really enjoy who are sevens who generally don't start with the books that are about this is how terrible and awful and no good and very bad you are, but Jesus died so that you might be made whole. Mm -hmm. They're starting with the books, Ephesians, Colossians, uh, the Gospels that are very kaleidoscopic and mm -hmm. they're very grand and they're like new creation and God is taking everything and and has this this amazing vision for it and is put in and now sits enthroned above reality and is making all things new and there's not self condemnation in right. their theology to right. start like that might be part of it you mm -hmm. know of course you gotta grow up of course you gotta transform but it's not this this just constant masochistic you know, self-flagellation mm -hmm. that takes place in a lot of the languages of one. It's like Luther is just like ridiculous with how mean he can be towards himself. Right. And a lot of ones go down that role. And the heart's message that we need to hear, long story short, is you are good. Yep. Saves us from our uh, fixation. Yep. Which is, uh, what is it? It's hypersensitivity. Yeah. All the details, man. Just gotta let that go. Just calm it down. <laughs> this is why you need things you need. are already in order. 
because things are already in order. Yeah. So you don't need to you don't need to get super sensitive about that. And when you're not hypersensitive, it frees you to be well. The the virtue for uh, ones is uh, serenity. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden that awakens. I'm oh not, man, I'm not so sensitive. What what replaces that? And that's a joyful experience for me. Yeah, yeah. The serenity of knowing eh, it's a it is all taken care of by the living God who who knows the hairs number of hairs on your head. Right. Um, and so that what uh, the healthy one, as we talked about last time, is you know they're characterized by acceptance, characterized by spontaneity, characterized by the joyfulness, the playfulness of life. Sounds good to me. Yeah, sounds great. Any th- final thoughts on ones? No. I kind of went off there. Okay. Um, <laughs> twos. <laughs> We're twos holy idea. Uh, twos, the holy idea is holy will or freedom. Boom. Tell me what that means. Uh, it is, in general, the idea that we are not bound to others or others expectations uh, and we have our own thoughts and desires and are capable of acting on that. Oh, I see where you're going. You're going towards the four. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay, I had a different read on this. Okay. Um, Hit me. So with eights, nines, and ones, I think the big idea here is about God's power. God's in control. Chill out. Great. Like I'm going to... Like embrace God's power. Mm-hmm. Two, threes, and fours need to embrace God's love. Okay, specifically the in the Christian tradition, this is going to be exemplified in grace. You need to know and understand God's grace, and what the kind of grace that is pointed at the heart of a two is 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 entirely freedom. You are free from having to solve everybody else's problems. Mm-hmm. You are free from having to earn your value and standing by doing all the things. Right. It's real similar to ones here. Mm-hmm. It's a, like I was reading through the two stuff going, I think this is me, but it's different. It's slightly different. The, 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 the idea that, that God's um, grace has been lavished on you up front. Yeah. Up front, up front, up front is what matters. Mm-hmm. And then you are free to live out of that and spill it into the world. Right. And we talked about that in terms of just jumping to the end, that the the healthiest twos are these self-nurturing reservoirs of compassion for the people around them. Right. Anyway, that was my take on freedom. I don't get the will side of things. Um, well, this is, this is a problem inherent to uh, particularly twos and uh, very, very common in nines as well is that, that we uh, relegate our own desires and, and thoughts and, and feelings to the people around us. Mm-hmm. Nines merge because it's easier. Twos are so focused on what other people want and need that they don't think about their own wants and needs. And so you you ask a two what they want for dinner. They actually want you to have what you want more than they want the thing that they want. And and so will is is about being able to get in touch with the fact that they are important enough mm. to 
make their own decisions. Yeah. The, and and that it's okay for them to have their own desires, their own their own wants and needs and feelings and and to to act out of what they want in the world. I want to do a footnote here cuz I'm really hearing it my language at this point in our last with the conversation about ones. There's something to be said here about religion and metaphysics. Mm-hmm. You can't escape these when you get to this point in the right. Enneagram. Yep. We, we can do all the self-help stuff we want to in some other spots. At bedrock foundational levels, mm-hmm. you have to presuppose some stuff. Yep. You have to say, what is reality like? Mm-hmm. And unfor- fortunately or unfortunately, you got to have robust answers there or else they lack power. Right. So you need an engine to drive all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the Christian tradition has a robust engine at this point right. um, that, that gets screwed up in, 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 our, in our culture and history all over the place. The, the missteps aren't interesting. The beauty of the, the people who actually nail it, those are the things that are actually worth taking note of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so too the Buddhist tradition and, and, and the rest. But for me, the, the idea that are for the two, the value, value is already handed to you by God. You have unsurpassable worth lavished on you from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Your name is written on his hands kind of images, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that allows a whole new reality to open up if yeah. you can embrace that with all your being. Mm-hmm. A very healthy too, Suzanne Stabile, who we quote all the time, says her primary question is what is mine to do out of a healthy place for her too that strikes me as gold right it's not that you're finding your value out of what what is mine to do mm-hmm. it is you already have value yeah now that you are a millionaire what are you gonna do with your life mm-hmm. now that you have everything you could possibly need what do you want to do with it in the lives of others seems to me well and and being unbound from needing the approval or the affection or the love of others what do you want yeah i like that in terms of the money image like say it were the case that you've spent your entire life working 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 in order to get money so you can pay your bills. Mm-hmm. And then one day somebody just hands you 100 million dollars. Right. And now what do you do with your life? Right. It's like, "Oh, well I don't know, do I go back to work?" Maybe. What do you want? It is. It's what do you want? Mm-hmm. Cuz you don't have to pay that that anymore. Right. That seems to me to hit again the dominoes fall, the engine is revving, and so now your fears are confronted. And mm-hmm. the fear of twos is of being unworthy of love. Right. But now that's not an issue. Right. Because you have unsurpassable value in the eyes of the only one that matters, who's the living God, who right. made you special, created you for a purpose, right? died that you might live, has a future eternity prepared for you and your soul. Mm-hmm. Your fear is eradicated. Right. Um, the heart's message is hit there. Do you want to talk about fears? Well, in the um, we haven't we haven't talked about this yet, but it's 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 common in all of these um, these places. Is that that not only is this a 
a, a target and the means, but it's also one of the things that you were uniquely capable of showcasing to the world. Um, so, so eights showcase holy truth when they are at their their best and most True. healthiest. Nines showcase holy yep. unconditional love in ways that nobody else can when they're at their best. Yeah. Eight uh, ones bring about order in in good and healthy ways when they are at their best. Twos being unbound from needing to get their worth from other people can actually offer worth to the people in their lives in ways that nobody else is capable of doing. Yeah. That is, this is another footnote, but it seems to me that is the culmination of the Enneagram. Yeah. It's like when you skip to the last chapter in the book that I'm going to write, that's going to come out someday. Great. The, that is, that's where it all ends. Right. It ends in, I don't think you're supposed to become other numbers. Right. You are uniquely fashioned to refract God in a very unique way into the world for the sake of everybody else. Mm -hmm. They get to learn about God through you. Yeah. There's something in my mind that, you know, music theory has this going for it where there's 13 notes if the A tries to be the C sharp, it's going to screw up every symphony that's ever been written. Right. The A's got to nail that sucker. Mm -hmm. And then beauty is created. Mm -hmm. You know, the colors are that way. You have what a, is it? Seven colors, eight colors? It's Roy G. Three, actually. Well, that is <laughs> red, orange, yellow, green, violet. Yeah. Blue. Seven. So I screwed this up. Is there a brown in there? It's, it's just no. the mush. Brand. <laughs> I'm joking. But here's the thing. If the red ceases to be the red, it messes you can't have masterpieces. You can't have you can't have the Sistine ceiling if if red tries to be purple. Right. If red tries to be green, everything gets messed up. Mm -hmm. Be your like be your fullest self with confidence mm -hmm. in you are part of the the way the world works. Right. This is one of the places where, I mean, this really is the difference between, it seems to me, the, the Christian vision, the Buddhist vision, is everything becoming the one or everything becoming exceedingly diverse as it ought to be. Right. And those are two different visions. No judgment, but that is what it is. And so, anyway, this is one of the places where I go one way and not the other. The idea, though, that for freedom, for twos, returning to twos and freedoms, um, the language of freedom is, you know, in the, in the New Testament, it's going to be something to the extent of is for freedom that Christ died, or it's if the Son has set you free, you'll be free indeed. Mm -hmm. That's where the engine is. It's like once, once you have gotten that freedom gifted to you, everything else flows. You are worthy of love. Um well, the heart's message comes out of that. Mm -hmm. The heart's message for twos is you are wanted, and this is where it saves you from your fixation because the fixation for a two is flattery. Right. Flattery don't have power if right. you already got value. Right. If you know your value, I don't care what people say about it me. It really doesn't matter. Flattery doesn't have anything. It has enormous power. If you're trying to get your value from other people, right? It has no value if your bank account is already filled with millions of dollars, right? Ah, yep. come on, that's so good. <laughs> Moves us to what we talked about last week: um, that healthy twos 
are characterized by an unconditional love mm-hmm. and the adjective there matters. Right. It is that you don't need anything. Right. And so you are this, you have, you have found your wholeness and value in, in Christ and it overflows because now you are a reservoir filled with cash. I like that metaphor. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Which brings us to the threes. Great. What's the holy idea for threes? Holy idea for threes is hope or harmony. Holy hope or holy harmony. I got holy law. Holy now, law is another one. Yeah. And so this was one I couldn't get my head around, so I'm looking okay. forward to hearing what you say. Great. I think those words uh, will be... They are going to be showcasing the metaphysic okay. yeah. that leans towards the different words. Yeah. Uh, so um, the hope, I think, derives mainly from the Christian metaphysic. Okay. Uh, so, so one of the things that, that threes are known for is uh, three, sevens, and eights think that they can change the world they have the power to make the world the way that they think it should be. Threes are working towards like the, there is, is a particular way and, and we have things that like, there's always something to do. There's always something for me to do to reach the goals that I'm aiming at. And so the idea of hope, holy hope being that you don't have to work to get things where they're supposed to be. It's a grace image again. Yeah. And I'm going to see that. I know I saw that with the fours mm-hmm. and the twos, obviously. Yep. Yeah. So talk about grace in the life of a three. Well, the, again, uh, threes being in that heart triad, they, their, their world is a, is viewed through the eyes of other people. So how do other people perceive them and and this like fear of failure and and or at least appearing as a failure. This is all part of their normal rhythms and bringing in hope, having that holy hope um is about trusting that they are like like things are going to get better. They don't have to work to get get the things that they are aiming at. The the love, the acceptance, the 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 sort of quote unquote success that they are looking for is not dependent on their own abilities. And so they have like again, this is a place where when they accept that they have value in and of themselves, they actually get to be much more hopeful, be much more sort of accepting and and looking toward a better future that they are not responsible for. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You're not responsible for earn it's not earning. It's for doing all the things at such a high level that you gain the value that you crave. Right. Yeah. There's a hope here that that things are going to work out. That and it it's like th- there's a few so hope is a future oriented word mm-hmm. and threes are, are future focused. Yep. 
Would that that would go together? Yeah, yeah. It's that grace is being ex, is being experienced in the present. Yeah, by someone whose eyes are on the future, but but the grace is saying, "I got that covered." Yep. The, the you are not covered. responsible for orchestrating the future. Yeah, and it's not just. It's not like ones where you need to make the future better. Right. It's that the three would say, unless I accomplish the thing yep. in the future, then I won't have value. Right. And if there is failure, then everything falls apart. But since God is in control of the future, mm-hmm. I've got that covered. Yep. You can't possibly get your value out of anything that the future has to offer. And failure isn't a thing to be afraid of. Because? Because there's hope for the future. Because the future is already taken care of. Right. And so and so, f- hope ends up being a, it's a trusting in grace as it is applied to the future. Yep. And that moves against the fears of the three. And the fear of the three is of being worthless. Mm-hmm. So if I have hope that the future is taken care of, that I can't get my value from what I'm going to accomplish in the future. Now you just got to rest in that grace. Right. Bang. Heart's message for a three is you are love for simply being you, which again is a very present kind of, okay, pause. You don't need to think about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Let's sit here in your, in your feeling center. Let me talk to your heart for a minute. Yeah. And say you, your value, your love for simply being you. Yeah, shame and, f- and the fear of failure, uh, like these, these play really heavily into this concept. I think um, because if you are exhibiting and living out of a place of hope of in something bigger than yourself, then then shame just doesn't have any teeth. That's it. Okay, so I was. Missing the connection with vanity, which is the fixation of the three. Mm-hmm. But that's what the move is. You have hope in something bigger than yourself. Yep. Because of that, you can't hope. be vain. Yeah. Because you understand that you're insignificant in a in that kind of way. Right. The in in that freeing insignificance. Yeah. Um, it's not about you. Right. And it's it's not like I don't hope that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't hope that the politics are going to change. It's, it's, a, it's a holy hope yes. in something so much bigger than myself. Oh, see, that's good because then that's what rescues you from deceit. Right. You don't have to put on a mask anymore. Right. Your, everything that's going to get accomplished is already being accomplished mm-hmm. by the gracious one. Right. The one who's vastly larger of, than you. of your abilities and interference. Yes. Yeah. So you got to find your identity somewhere else. Right. It's the same with twos. Yep. You have to find your value somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And your value is going to come from grace. Right. The unsurpassable worth that, that Christ offers you. Right. In in the Christian tradition, finding our value not in in what other people think about us and and the way that they they praise us but in fact finding our value in the god who loves us so out of we hope in that so returning then to what we talked about last week we talked Mm -hmm. about threes being interdirected and authentic Mm -hmm. how does that how does that spill out 
of this engine. Well, it is about that, like, like you you brought up the the deceit and like, like threes often without their own intention or knowledge are are quick and it's easy for them to sort of pivot their whole personality into what other people expect them to be mm-hmm. and what will make them successful in any given space. And oh, if they have yep. like if they have that holy hope in the God who loves them, then they 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 no longer need to be what other people think they should be. Yeah. In a very similar way to twos, they are free mm-hmm. to find their inner life, which is going to be their repressed center. Right. They're free to find their heart's desire and their own identity outside of the mask mm-hmm. and live out of that. Right. Come on. But in the in and here's the thing about threes at that point, then you really come into your own and begin to spill goodness. Right. Uh, we, we had called, I had called the threes, the magnetic author. That is that that person is very attractive mm-hmm. and they start creating things out of their, their, um, you know, the riches that are within them yeah. at that point that are often quite glorious. Threes yeah. threes that are healthy spill all sorts of goodness when they're not trying to meet the, the uh, what the the praises of the masses, right? You're gonna come up with something unique. Who cares what the masses think? You already have found your identity somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Bang, and and can highlight and and so this is this is where I think um, harmony and law can also come into play. Is that that like the way that they can bring those this to the world around them is is offering. It, it's it's not just that I have hope in something bigger than myself, but also we can align our path with the thing that we are hoping for. Oh, sure. Yeah, so there is a, because I see this beautiful, wonderful path here, mm-hmm. I'm going to match we, up with we that. We can order the world according to the thing that we hope for. But it's bigger than me, so I don't have to be vain. Right. It's bigger than me. I don't have to put on the mask. I need to orient my life around that. Right. And and that's where like when when we align the path with the thing that we're actually the the thing that is bigger than ourselves with holy hope, then that's where harmony comes through because then things are working the way that they're supposed to. Yeah. And another way to say that is law. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That makes sense as a law. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Again, the engine there is the grace mm-hmm. side of things, which is plays out in the life of fours as well. So moving to fours, fours, uh, holy idea is what? Uh, it is origin. I like originality here. Yep. This I was... We're just saying the same thing in different words. I never get fours. But of all things, in... Looking at holy ideas, none of them made any sense to me except for this one. Ha! And it was like when I saw someone had translated it originality, and I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, what <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> what is, because this would be, uh, yeah, God's originality mm-hmm. or holy originality. What, what do you see here? Uh, so this is... Um, 
Yeah, this one I think is actually one of the easiest to understand and apply to the type yep. um, because it is about authenticity and and uniqueness and originality and, and created for a purpose. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, created on purpose for a purpose. One of my favorite ideas, which I come back to all the time, is that God could have created any number of trillions of universes Mm -hmm. without one person in it and that person is you Mm -hmm. but that universe those universes weren't created this one was right and the reason this universe was created is because you're in it right and so apparently you matter right in a different kind of way you bring something to the cosmos to the to all of humanity that nobody else could bring and you know this because you exist Mm -hmm. and that is a place of just leaning into all day long you are you are specially fashioned for your place in the world right now yeah and that is and that is entirely 100 percent grace right you've been handed yourself Mm -hmm. and you are good or not you are good you are special yeah um anyway talk talk on that well the um with this i i think a lot about the that I the idea that that fours in experiencing envy, like they they look at other people, they they see the things that they lack, they see the ways that they don't fit in, and 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 for them, like like really truly to to understand that they are the way that they are for a reason. And, and to move from that place of comparing themselves to others, uh, of, of saying that person has something that I don't have and therefore I'm lesser than them. Like we, we are created to be different. Like if we were all the same, it would be boring. And, and I think fours understand this and, and moving into that place of, of, of accepting that we all have a purpose and, and we are here on purpose like this is this is one of the greatest most beautiful things that fours can accept and can show the rest of the world this is one of the reasons that so many fours have such a hard time with the enneagram is because like to say that there's only nine types is so reductive and out of that fours highlight so much beauty in each individual thing the sin of envy which we haven't really brought up the sins here or the passions but envy and the fear go together here mm-hmm. their fear is of being personally insignificant right. being envious being personally in- insignificant those get assaulted right by the holy idea right if you know that you're specially fashioned by an all-knowing all-powerful all-gracious um personality mm-hmm. has you in mind prior to instigating anything. Yeah. Where's envy? Where's the power of envy there? Right. Where's the where's the power of your fear? Yeah. There's no more teeth. Yeah. No more teeth. Uh as such the heart's message for fours is uh you are seen and loved as you are. Mm-hmm. And obviously that flows obviously from uh from the idea. Yeah. Yeah, like we said, this one's the easiest to understand. It may not be the easiest to actually accept and live out of, but like understanding how it works, the mechanics of it. 
the fixation for the place. The fixation for fours is despair or melancholy. And getting into that space again, emotionally, that can be an easy place to go. Mm-hmm. But the idea comes in and assaults the mind of the four and says, no, no, no. The melancholy doesn't have a place here because if if you understand truly that that you are created with a purpose on purpose that that there is some force in the universe that has intentionally put your atoms together and gave given you a personality you can't be sad about that an all-knowing being intentionally made you yeah who was trying to create the best possible universe, not only for humanity, but for themselves to enter into and enjoy. Yeah. Like you're an, you're an essential piece of that apparently. Yeah. Come on. There's, there's no, no room for self-flagellation there. Yeah. (laughs) This is, so uh, this is totally another footnote, but one's going to four and stress. This Mm -hmm. is where I, this is where I go on the high side of stress. We'll talk about this someday, but when I go to stress and four, it ends up being, um, if I, if I go there in a healthy place, it's all about identity. Mm -hmm. It's all about, all right, get your mind around your identity as a unique and worthy person so that you can move back into the space is where you're trying to fix some stuff. Yeah. Make things better. But I got to know who I am first. And that, anyway, the that's one of those places that uh, the arrows make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that you understood four easiest is actually a, a pointing to that as well. Yeah, I'm sure that is. Well, yeah. here's the thing, though. I don't understand four in a lot of other places. I'm, I get real confused by fours. Sure. Um, but this is a place that it was, it was super crystal clear. I w- mm-hmm. I'd be curious if other numbers, do you experience that with sixes? We'll talk about that in a minute, I suppose. Do you, un- we'll see if the, the holy idea of sixes really resonate with you. Yep. Do totally. you, do you, do you yeah. uh, like looking forward? Yeah. Um, which brings us to a, the real interesting virtue for fours is equanimity, which for a type that's focused on uniqueness, mm-hmm. this is a real interesting virtue. Sure. It's we are all equal. Mm-hmm. There is something about us that has equal standing. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not equal like we're all the same. Right. It's equal well, because, in a different way. Because that's, that's actually, uh, that is the important distinction about what that word equanimity means. Tell me. Because we're, we're not all the same. Mm-hmm. But we do all have equal value. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, such a beautiful concept there. Yep. Because that's not that is so hard to find in our present culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think in the entirety of humanity. The just speaking to American culture, all men are created equal. By the way, we've already excluded fifty percent of the population. Fifty-one percent. Right. All of us are created equal. We're mm-hmm. endowed with certain unalienable rights, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the fact that everybody brings something to the table that is praiseworthy, yeah. that's not respected in our culture. Right. 
some people make $500 an hour and mm-hmm. some people make five mm-hmm. because there isn't equanimity in our culture. Correct. And it is entirely right for our hearts to cry out, I don't think that this is okay. Right. Um, or maybe to even say, to, and this is obviously real common in our culture, just to poo-poo the whole system and say, well, economics is just silly and stupid mm-hmm. the way that, that we are placing value on human beings in terms of, you know, what they do mm-hmm. uh, capitalistically. Yeah. Anyway, equanimity. Any more of your thoughts on equanimity? Well, I'm, I'm moving away from the, the economics um, example. Like there, there's, it is so easy for us to judge other people and, and real equanimity says that like, despite our differences, we all have value. Perfect. Yeah. I I don't know why I'm just jumping to my. You're exactly right. Yeah. So in terms of appearance, mm-hmm. in terms of what? In terms of skill set, yeah. uh, your place in a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine there's lots of large families in which like there's the two people in the family who are just kind of, they're not quite as important as these other people. Right. Yeah. Or like where you sit in the lunchroom cafeteria, like... Like all of this stuff, all of the ways that we judge people and whether we're aware of it or not, assign value to them. Like yeah. Equanimity says that all of that is crazy talk. It has no value. We all have equal value. We may be different and we may not even get along but we all have value. So last week when we hit this type, I wanted to call the the really healthy four the beauty wary creator. Mm-hmm. And this is a place where fours really bring so much to the rest of us is elevating the beauty of the people who seem marginalized yep. and on the edges. And I would never pay attention to them anyway. Right. And there is a what a, a radar for that person mm-hmm. and say, whoa, whoa, wait, you haven't heard their story. Let's right. talk about their story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's there's a couple of people, types of people in our culture who always are on the front pages. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about Charlie over here. Right. You know? Right. Or, uh, let's talk about Sally. Oh, Sally is amazing. Mm-hmm. Let me show you the, 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 the beauties that are actually there, and I'm going to elevate those in a creative way. Right. Fours, uh, as we talked about last week then, who are real healthy in this way are self-renewing and inspired. And I imagine that's, again, the result of grace. Mm -hmm. You understand that you have value. You don't need to spend all your time being envious of somebody else. Mm -hmm. Freeze you to push into that um, inspirational position. Yeah. Come on. Yep. Brings us to fives. What's the uh, holy... Five idea. The holy idea for fives is transparency or omniscience. Like transparency. I hadn't seen that. I had omniscience down and I had to take. What do you see with transparency? I mean, it's it's just another way of saying the same thing. You I can just see all the things. See see the yeah, whole picture clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Omniscience is uh, it's a divine term. It's mm-hmm. that you have uh, it's where we you know it's it's I I can I know all things right. So transparency and omniscience. Um, 
why would that be the idea? If I say that God is omniscient mm-hmm. and you know that, how does that bring health to your life? How is that an engine for a five? I'm trying to remember the name. There, There's this game that's called Exquisite Corpse or something like that. I have no idea what you're talking so about. So it's, it's an art game <laughs> okay? where you fold a piece of paper into different parts. Like say say there's Body three parts? people and you fold the paper into thirds. Okay. And you hand the paper to each individual person. Okay. And so on one third of the page, one person will draw the top third of a body. Okay. Oh, okay, sure. And then you'll fold the paper uh-huh. and the next person will draw the middle third of a body, the torso. Okay. And then you'll fold the paper and the next person will draw the bottom third, the legs. Right. And then you unfold it and you see this thing that has been created. And it's just it's just a fun art game. Uh-huh. Um, of like having three completely different people who cannot see the work of the others draw something that's connected. Okay, sure. Yeah. Holy omniscience is the person who can see all three drawings happening at once. Sure. Okay. And that and that brings value. Yeah, because to- because there's like seeing how the things work together how each person has made the decisions that they've made, how the fullness of the picture, because if you only look at the three parts, Mm -hmm. then you only get one third of the full picture. Sure. How is this a health bringing concept? Because the world is a lot more complicated than my perspective. Yeah. Okay. So you have to, Understand that with humility, yeah. Of some like an intellectual humility mm-hmm. at that point. Yep. Intellectual humility is um, something Plato and you know through the character of Socrates ends up talking about all the time. Mm-hmm. I know I know nothing, mm-hmm. and this actually makes him the wisest of all the people. Is is the ability to understand that he knows nothing, and that allows this. Uh, it's not just spontaneous, but it's. Um, I want to know the things. I want to I want to explore and there is a curiosity there of an active posture towards the world that mm-hmm. is both I know I have so much more to fill up. Yeah. Yet I know enough to 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 understand that I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just a great place to be. That's yeah. for Socrates that's intellectual health. Um my take on this this again, so one of the more interesting things to me in the Bible is that, one, the first theologian in the Bible is a woman. Her name is Hagar. She is an abused woman who uh, loses everything, finds herself destitute, pregnant, in the middle of a desert somewhere, mm-hmm. has a mystical encounter with God. She's the first one in the Bible to name God, and she calls God the God who sees me. Five sixes and sevens strike me as the God sees you folks where two, threes, and fours are the ones who are going to be infused with grace, mm-hmm. and eights, nines, and ones need to know God's in control. Mm-hmm. There's something about God's seeing me where I'm at that matters to these types. I'll play, I'll play that out here in a second. But mm-hmm. the omniscience for me is, for fives, is God knows everything about you. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing you're hiding from God. And yeah. this is the entry point to everything else, to yeah. the fixations, sins, fears, 
and uh, elevating the five to virtue. Mm -hmm. Because skipping forward, the heart's message the five needs to hear is your needs are not a problem. Right. If God knows all your needs and God is real and is providing for you, that fear is dissipated. Mm -hmm. If God sees you, then living in that space means that you can rest assured that your needs are not a problem, that they will be fixed when they need to be. And so the fear that, moving backwards, the fear that fives have is of being incompetent. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to know enough to get the things right. that I need. Right. But here's the thing. God sees you. Yeah. And that's the engine. Yeah. And that's a powerful engine for that personality type who wants to withdraw, wants to, to put up all the walls, wants to hoard all the resources. Mm -hmm. You are seen where you're at. And as such... Living into that, knowing that God's omniscient of all the things mm -hmm. is going to break some stuff open Yeah, because you'll know this, their fixation is emotional stinginess. Mm -hmm. I'm going to withhold all the things. Yeah, Doesn't matter if you withhold them. You right. want to know why? Because God already sees them. Because God sees yeah. them. Ah, yeah. come on. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Um, this likewise ends up being, you know, moving from emotional stinginess. If, if your mind is consumed with, I'm going to hoard in those ways, the virtue for a five is non-attachment. Mm -hmm. There is something that happens when I then release, you know, I, I loosen up my hands. I allow all the things to break open. I understand that God is all-knowing. There's nothing I hide. My needs are seen, and because God is gracious and all-powerful, that my needs are met, that I can have a posture of non-attachment, mm -hmm. and that's the virtue. Yeah. Thoughts on non-attachment for fives? I'm, I'm thinking about extending it outward. So, like, all of this is super great, useful, valuable about the way that fives internalize this but then the way that it spills out of them mm -hmm. is non-attachment in a in an ob objectivity sense mm -hmm. so um being unattached to the outcome of the different scenarios that they're involved in being um like fives are so easily capable of unconditional love and acceptance of other people mm -hmm. because they are not attached to the the sort of judgments like this this omniscience um sort of idea because fives see so much more they're actually like they have a fuller picture and are more easily able to refrain from passing judgment yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, and we talked about this last week. There is a clarity that comes in. There is a. I see fives that are real healthy, being very robust figures in my mind. Mm -hmm. That they actually have a lot of. They can be in very small bodies, but have a presence that is really filled. Right. Um. I don't, I don't know how else to say that. Like, I, I, I know a bunch of fives who are actually smaller people. Mm -hmm. And yet, when I'm in their presence, when they're healthy fives, they end up actually just filling the space with, um, it's mostly with their understanding. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is somebody I need to actually be cautious with in terms of my dialogue because I know that they have seen 
all the things with clarity and judgment and mm-hmm. um it's not equanimity in the sense of a four but it's like that it's they can see all the sides how is that different from nines Five, fives and nines non-judgmentalism it's, it's very similar but fives has more to do with that that sort of head space oh okay sure yeah yeah, yeah. there's there's a um I'm thinking about like like when you go to somebody's house who uh has a a big garage and lots of storage and they might even have a storage unit somewhere else in town and like you walk into their house and you see sort of sparseness like the, like everything is clean and everything is put away mm. and you don't ever see like dirty laundry or like the the extra storage like you you never see you only see like like the three or four chairs that are in the living room and like like exactly what's needed for what's there at that time in this space yeah versus when you walk into a space where where like you can tell that life is happening in that space like thinking about like people with little kids mm-hmm. there's toys everywhere there's maybe a couple of dirty dishes on the table because they haven't gotten to them yet and there's there's sort of an an exposure to the inner life versus the the other picture where where everything is hidden so so like like people have hidden away the things that they don't want out when they have guests over yeah versus the type yeah. of space where someone is just like yep this is my life and and thinking about that like like the the fullness of being in in like a healthy fives presence yeah is because they're not hiding their yeah. life yeah they're and it, it just it's it's fuller. That was one of the things that we said last week that fives let go of the belief that they're separate from their environment. Right. There is an entry point. Mm-hmm. The it seems to me this is one of those places where the to circle back, the holy idea matters here. If you know that God knows all things, mm-hmm. that is actually an engagement. That is a um pursuit. Mm-hmm. I know you, I see you. Mm-hmm. If I say that to somebody, I know you. Mm-hmm. I know all your needs. Yeah. I see you. I see all the things you do. There is a, um, what would you call that? There's an intimacy there mm-hmm. that yeah. is calling forth somebody. Yep. And that's, it seems to me where the, the, the five at their healthiest is drawn into the creation by the, by the, by the Spirit of God mm-hmm. in ways that allow them to say, I have a place here. Mm-hmm. My needs are met. Yep. And now I engage. Yeah. This was we've said this in the past. I don't know if it's been on any of our recordings that we've released, but one of the fives in the Bible is Luke. Luke writes a book about Jesus and uh, the early church. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's called Luke. One's called Acts. He, the writer Luke, focuses focuses more than anyone else on the spirit of God, mm-hmm. and the spirit of God is routinely power and provision and intimacy and the personality of Luke is so healthy that that's where Luke has connected with this God mm-hmm. and wants to just write this down all day long right is here is the um, effective 
power of God in my life and it's spilling over. And now I don't need to hold on to anything. There's so right. much in Luke that's non-attachment oriented. Right. Like the, 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 all the stuff about giving to the poor, uh, that you hear in the words of Jesus and in the early church, it's probably said in Luke, right? Because that dude's healthy. Yeah. The there is there is an openness of hands, and there's like this is your best self, mm-hmm. and the reason that you can enter that space is because you're seen, your needs are robustly met, and now you can spill, yeah, and spill all day long. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. I liked the title last time of the efficacious visionary. Because that is this big engagement. My mind is awake to mm-hmm. how all the things are, but I'm going to just engage. Yeah. That's you. And if you, and that all stems from that engine, the engine is that God sees you. Mm-hmm. Um, sixes. Mm-hmm. What's the holy idea for sixes? It is faith or strength. Holy faith, holy strength. And when I hear that, I'm like, okay, there's a bridge there. Yeah. I bet I could spell that out, but where does your mind go? The bridge between faith and strength? Yeah. Or, uh, well, it's... Because actually, before you answer, uh-huh. if I were to say that person is faithful, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that our culture would say that person's strong. Yeah. Those aren't necessarily... They're wrong, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, exactly, right? Yeah. So why are they wrong? So, so faith... Um, like real true faith requires that you exhibit strength. Yep. And true and holy strength requires that you have faith from which to act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Faith is, I've wanted to do this for a while, but faith is a virtue of the mind mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's uh, excellence of the cognitive faculties Mm -hmm. to be able to bear down and say, this is what reality looks like. I can get, I'm I'm terrified of flying. Uh We haven't actually talked about that in our fears. I didn't think we haven't. Yeah. I, I so people will Instagram, uh, themselves on planes and they'll commonly shoot out the window. Yeah, sure. I will look at the wing Uh of a plane Uh and start sweating. Oh. I don't know what this is. I think that I I have heard tell that that engineers will actually take the wings of planes, Mm -hmm. bend them over the top of the plane, Mm -hmm. so you could actually, like, flap it like a bird. Uh That's not what I see when I look out the window. Sure. That wing will could fall off. It could, yeah. And if it did, going to. the plane would begin to circle quickly in yeah. a downward spiral in yeah. which everybody on the plane is screaming Correct. and all the kids are going to die yes. and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be consumed by a fiery ball of mess when we hit a mountain. Yeah. I by the way, I told Kelly is my my beautiful wife is in Alabama right now. Uh-huh. She flew there from Denver yesterday. Uh-huh. I told her, "Hey, before you before you go, make sure you tell the pilot don't hit any mountains." Sure. Be- which I thought was funny because there's no mountains between <laughs> <laughs> Alabama Just and don't Colorado. go in the wrong direction. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you go to the west. Um, there is something about having faith uh-huh. that is I engage my mind mm-hmm. and I say this is how reality works. Yep. Now, I want to point out two specific things that... <laughs> 
are directly tied to each other. Okay. Um, faith is a virtue of the mind. Yep. Hope is a virtue of the heart. It is. Which I didn't say. And Do it. Love. Yep. Because love is active. Yep. Is a virtue of the body. It is. Faith, hope, and love. Yep. Which are the three centers of the intelligence centers. Oh, we can go here. Yeah. I've so three, six, and nine. Yep. Faith, hope, and love. Yep. Also the ones that Paul describes as the the great virtues. Yeah. All the other numbers you suck. Yeah. Three, well, six, and nine. You're just less here. important. <laughs> It's not that you suck. You're just, you're just not as important as the three. As the three sixes and nines. Yeah. No, but that's true. that's exactly right. These are uh, those are the center points of virtue for each of the intelligence centers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, if the holy idea then for the six is God's strength, mm-hmm. I assume that's what you got faith in. Right. Yeah. And that's the idea. Right. God is strong, and alongside the five sixes and sevens. If you know in your bones that God sees you, that matters. Because mm-hmm. God's strength then would be the holy idea that colors all that. God sees you and God is strong. Right. Boom. Right. And the like moving away from the place where I am dependent on my own strength, which sixes aren't. Like they they first and foremost don't trust themselves. Yep. But looking outside of themselves, again, like something bigger than myself is strong and is trustworthy and is faithful. Like that is the thing to have faith in. Because it's their fear. Their right. fear is being without support. Right. Because they feel like they can't do it themselves. And and that the world is going to fail. Yeah. It starts from themselves and that everything else is going to fail. And yet if my faith, if pushing into the faith side, if mm-hmm. my faith in God is, God is my strength. Right. God is my security here. Right. That is the, all the support I need. Mm-hmm. And therefore the fear is dissipated. Right. Hart's message for sixes is you are safe, which seems to flow very naturally out of that idea. Mm -hmm. And again, the engine for the six needs to be just tripling down on this. Right. God is strong. God sees you. Right. You got to live in that reality. Yep. That's, that is every, every bit of health in your life is going to come out of that one idea. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, just, again, a footnote. That's how the holy ideas work. Right. This is, this isn't just one thing that might be worthwhile to add, but if you add this, it is the tool that unlocks every every door. Right. Um, the uh, we talked about this a few minutes ago, uh, and I wanted to return to the idea of the arrows. So yeah, nines getting something yeah from the six. Come on, and this is I. I have a theory about this that I'm working on, and I just haven't put it down on paper yet. But there's there's something to the holy idea offering something to the other types, and so um, for me as a nine, like like when I get really stressed out, I go to six. This yeah. is this is the place I go in in stress. Yeah. And one of the things that I've recognized, and and this is a more unhealthy version of this, but it's um, I start to think about all the things that are going to go wrong. 
Um, and like, that's not a place where I normally live, but when I get really stressed out, like that's, that's sort of what I, one of the things that I gain in an unhealthy way of going to six and what six can offer me if I allow that is faith. So when I start to get really stressed out, yeah. I go to a place where I start to think about everything going wrong. And then I move towards a more healthy expression of what is available to me at the six. And the best thing that six is off for the world is faith. Okay. Yeah. When we do the arrows, that's what we got to talk through. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about how the holy ideas inform the movement to stress. Right. Because TJ and I share the same theory on arrows that our stress number, you can go low and become disintegrated. Mm-hmm. You can also go high because ain't no way you're avoiding stress in life. Right, right. It's not about you becoming a worse person if you're stressed out. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, the healthiest it's, people. Yeah, health and unhealth are bad ways to talk about the arrows. Yeah. Stress it, and security are much better. It, that's got to have an asterisk and maybe be in bold. Mm-hmm. Health and unhealth are probably really bad ways to talk about arrows. Right. Because as uh, when I am healthy, I will still experience stress. Yep. What can I gain from the healthy side of me going to six? The thing that I can gain is faith. Bang. And that actually helps propel me back to back out of my stressful place and out of the disintegration that I experience at an unhealthy six. Of all things, I associate courage with a very physical, embodied kind of virtue. Mm-hmm. People are doing things if they're courageous. Mm-hmm. So, man, that'll be something we're talking about when we get there for fours, fives, and nines who are action repressed. Mm-hmm. Um, the move then for sixes, when talking about their fixation... The opposite of the holy idea, their fixation is cowardice. Mm -hmm. And that obviously makes sense here because if you have faith in the God who is strong, who sees you, that completely counteracts. Yeah, it flies in the face of cowardice. The cowardice. Yeah, cowardice has no place there. And again, the dominoes start falling. Mm -hmm. And so traditional lists of virtues for the six ends up being courage. And many people will talk about courage being it's not the absence of fear. Right. Courage is you're pushing beyond your fear into that zone that is beyond fear. I've, I've stepped beyond my fear and I have this faith. I have this trust. I'm moving into the spaces that I believe in acting. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what else is courage? Courage isn't running into a battlefield with flailing a sword. Right. Courage is an embodied confidence in where you're going. Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis says that courage is virtue at the testing point. You know what's right to do. Sure. You know what's right to do, Mm -hmm. but you got to act. And that's what courage is. It's a very physical virtue. Yeah, I like that. that That's from screw tape layers. Feels like Um, the... The action of faith. Last week, we talked about sixes um, exhibiting an inner guidance. Mm-hmm. We talked about them ex- uh, obviously overflowing with courage. Um, liberated sixes let go of the belief that they must rely on someone or someone something else outside of themselves for support. Mm-hmm. Find an inner guidance. I imagine because God lives within you. There's, there's like that, there is a uh, symbiotic movement here in right. terms of God's strength that's propelling you. Right. 
love the title for this that we pitched was the self-reliant bulwark. Mm-hmm. There is some sort of like there's a robustness that comes forth in real healthy sixes. Yeah. And that comes out of the faith. Right. That's the end point. That's the target for mm-hmm. your faith will eventually, you know, you let that arrow fly. The thing it hits is you as this bulwark of a human being for the sake of the people around you. Mm-hmm. That's why you're the loyalist. Right. That's why you're the guardian. Come on. Yeah. Lastly, coming to the sevens. What's the holy idea for sevens? Holy idea for sevens is wisdom. Holy wisdom. So this is another one of those that I look at and I think I know what is going on here. Mm -hmm. But I don't. So what do you think? Um, I think that, um, so being in that, that sort of head triad, uh, wisdom, I think it's the best word there, but we could also talk about, um, fullness or, um, completeness or, um, so the, this concept of wisdom is about, so sevens, looking to avoid pain and negative experiences, looking to avoid being stuck in things that they can't get out of. And like, they're, they're always looking for more experience, more adventure, more, more happiness. Um, wisdom comes in and recognizing that happiness is not joy. And life is full of pain and Letting pain be part of your experience yeah. is the path to a full life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the reasons, among many that we might name, to think that Jesus is a seven, this is where the temptation starts. <laughs> it's turn these stones into bread. Mm-hmm. It is, and Jesus has a response to this, and it is entirely what you just said. Mm-hmm. It is all, I understand how the 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 God who creates this universe with the systems that they have, I know how this God functions. Mm-hmm. And man doesn't live on bread alone. And there is a sitting in that pain yeah. with confidence Yep. because Jesus is one of the God who sees you folks. Right. He's exceedingly aware that all of his needs are taken care of and as such can sit in that pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is in there? But it, it it comes forth from the wisdom that's there, right? So, it also might be the case that Jesus is a holistically healthy human being, and this is just one of the places where Jesus is mirroring the virtues of a seven. Yeah, absolutely. You could <laughs> even suggest Tell that me. the three temptations in the desert uh-huh. are actually about the three centers. You could suggest that, but. Or you could suggest that they're all about avoiding pain. Immediately, they're about hunger, control, and affection. Uh, I should say provision, control, and affection. So if we raise another $200, can we do a Jesus <laughs> throwdown on the yes. Around the Circle oh, podcast? Yeah. But you'll lose. So, <laughs> Just because you got... Father Richard Rohrer on your side doesn't mean I'm not right. He has a whole section in the book that's about Jesus showcasing each type. What happens when two ones come into conflict who are both professional 
theologians? <laughs> one of them has standing, and one of them is Jeff Cook. Is <laughs> how that works. Understanding that God sees you, and that God is wisdom. The idea of God's wisdom ends up being what there is a overarching. There's an overarching logic to mm -hmm. the universe. Mm -hmm. And I find myself in that, mm -hmm. and I understand there is uh, there is time of pleasure and time of pain. Yeah, and the, like we, there, there's a lot of conversation, and there has been for always about um, like this whole problem of evil. If God is good, then how is there bad things? How do we have bad experiences? Yep. And wisdom has to do with recognizing that that th there must be a function. Ooh. for those negative things. There must be a reason that pain exists. And for sevens to embrace that reality that there has to be an actual function for the negative experiences, they can actually enter into spaces where they integrate pain into their lives, where they go through the hardships that they have and sit with it and learn from it and learn to embrace it in ways that it changes them for the better. Jesus was hungry. It's because he was a seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, seven's fear of being deprived. Yeah. Wisdom says what to that? Uh, that you are Look at your experiences, look at where you have been and, and what you've gone through, and you're going to get through this too. And in the midst of that, the heart's message that wisdom is speaking over the seven in that space is your needs will be taken care of. Right. And sevens need to hear that mm -hmm. in the places that they may be deprived because that's where wisdom says they need to, to be right now. Right. Um, the fixation for a seven is scheming. Mm -hmm. How does how does wisdom counteract scheming? That doesn't seem well. There's 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 a certain amount of like planning for the future that like in wisdom you recognize that you cannot truly plan for the future because the future is unknown, and so there's. Like, you can plan for what you're going to wear tomorrow. That's not the same thing as, like, planning on how you're going to have a conversation with someone because the other person is their own person and they may, may react differently to what you're thinking about. You can't plan your way out of negative experiences. That's oh, what scheming sure. is trying to do. And wisdom says, live your life and deal with what's coming. My mind went towards... Look, God has wisdom and there's a structure to reality. Mm -hmm. And so all of my plans of seeking to move reality into places that will be less painful aren't going to work. Right. Dwelling in the wisdom that God has saves me from my scheming vision of I need to make something new. I need mm -hmm. to make something new. I need to make something new. Yeah. And we said this in, in threes that like threes, sevens, and eights have this this perception that they can change reality to meet their expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. wisdom says, No, you can't calm down. 
Um, that's probably going to work across aggressive numbers. I mm-hmm. bet you eights are like that too, right? Yep. Because it would be you just need to surrender power. Yep. For the same reasons. Yeah. Um, the virtue that emerges with sevens is sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that work? I mean, well, like wisdom and sobriety, I feel like these are things that go hand in hand, recognizing that that you can't, and it, it's it's unwise, it's unhealthy, and it's you can't have all of the things that you're trying to have. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not about alcohol necessarily, right? It's about being present, right? And experiencing satisfaction with where you are and what you have. And we talked about that last week. Right. Because we, uh, the sevens and gratitude, that's the healthiest seven. Mm -hmm. It's finding the thankfulness and gratitude. The, um, we talked about assimilation. Yeah. And that's going with the holy idea here of wisdom and assimilation go together. Mm-hmm. As I am assimilating my heart, my soul, my body into the wisdom of the way that God has structured reality and finding that's where I was meant to be all along. Right. Um, and when a seven is in that place, we talked about this last week, they become a priest. Yeah. They, they open up those doors, yep. open up those windows for everybody else. Yep. And that that is the healthy space. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And and you see that over and over and over again with sevens who have had significant grief and gone through that process, hopefully in a healthy way, and come out the other side of it a more full person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seems to me that it's a bad idea for me to try to be somebody else a different type of number for these reasons. Um, the virtues that emerge, mm-hmm. when you embr- when somebody embraces their holy idea, all the holy ideas, you know, you can embrace all the holy ideas of all the numbers. Mm-hmm. But specific to your type, when you embrace your holy idea, there is a color, there is a beauty, there is a tone that emerges from you and who you are that colors everything else in a unique way that's so valuable for the rest of us. And we're never going to be there, but we need to learn from you. Mm -hmm. So being your best self is a gift to the rest of us. You are uniquely fashioned to bring your holy idea into the world Mm. so that other people can see it. Love that as a vision of humanity. Um, we are made of dust, but we are the Imago Dei. We are showcasing the image of God to others, and God's image is kaleidoscopic. Mm-hmm. And there are so many... Um, God's image is like a diamond, and you put it in a ray of light, and you turn it, and there are new and surprising colors every time that you turn it, and that's what humanity is for everyone for humanity is that for each other mm-hmm. so we we showcase god to each other in these surprising and profoundly beautiful fashions yeah and that's exhibited here mm-hmm. engine we'll come back to holy ideas i imagine and oh yeah do a deeper dive here but that's there's an intro um, hey y'all we can <laughs> we communicate through twitter at Enneagram Circle and on Instagram at Around the Circle Podcast. We have started something fun. 
a Patreon. If we just have a few folks that want to chip in five bucks a month, we're going to start doing our pop culture deep dives into things like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and the Harry Potters. Mm-hmm. Our Patreon and most of the stuff that our links are found at Enneagram Circle on the Twitter, and you can find all the links to all the things that we're up to. The music is by The Collection out of Greensboro, North Carolina, and by Tim Coons from right here in Greeley, Colorado. It is always the case that the best two things you can do for us is to hit subscribe but really the best thing you can do is share this with somebody you love talk about it learn together grow together refract the living god to each other through this material as we've said in the past we are setting up events for 2020 we do one day and two day events for up to 250 people and leadership teams for up to 20 and that's what we do so he's tj wilson and he's officially awesome and i am jeff cook be who you were meant to be and you're going to set the world on fire